On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranla, called butt of a gun put into the back of your skull, that's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm Not Here to Hurt You, a brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to the Throwins All Ireland Hurling Final Preview. I'm Will Slattery and I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Verney, Colin Keyes, and Frank Roach to look ahead to Kilkenny versus Limerick. Limerick going for three in a row as Brian Cody looks to win his 12th All Ireland title as manager. And Frank, for you, you know, looking ahead to this Sunday, what's the kind of big storyline that's getting you interested? Well, I was just thinking about it this morning as my as my head switched from big ball space to, to small ball. And I'm kind of seeing parallels between Limerick, uh, the Limerick, the current Limerick team and Kilkenny as they journeyed from 08 to 09. Uh, and I'm wondering, does that mean Limerick are going to be caught on the line this Sunday or whether they'll, they'll still get through? Well, there's some fascinating stats. I mean, Kilkenny played four championship matches in 2008 and won them by 69 points. Now, that's an average of 70 points per game. A year later, now, albeit they were playing Galway instead of Offaly in, in Leinster, their average winning margin came down to five points. And we all know what happened at the end of that epic All-Ireland final against Tipperary, where they looked as if they were finally going to be taken out. The four in a row was going to be gone. Uh, and they came with those two late goals and won an absolute thriller by five points, but it was never a five-point game. And, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking of Limerick last year where they were winning games by, I think the average final winning margin was 10 points in the four championship matches, but they were getting better and better as the season went on. And in Crow Park, they, you know, they hammered Waterford and they absolutely pulverized Cork. And now you fast forward to this year, they've played six championship matches and if you take out the extra time period against Clare in the Munster final, their average winning margin is down to four points. So they're, they're getting by, especially in the last few matches, they're, they're surviving and winning almost on muscle memory as much as anything else. And just everything else, you know, the class that is there and all that. But will they get by on Sunday? And, you know, I suppose most people think they probably will, but it's a really, it's, it's a far more fascinating final that maybe... It might have looked a few weeks ago. Yeah, Colin, when you can you can factor in Frank's statistics there, do you look at it and think Limerick are battle hardened and they're you know showing the heart of champions and getting over the line, and that makes you very confident they can do the same? Or do you think, oh, they're not winning by quite as much or with the ease that they did maybe last year, and it makes them more vulnerable? I go with the battle hardened uh, um, element to what you've said there. Will very much so. I think they're probably able to measure the temperature and need in a game at at any stage and that's the mark 
of champions. And uh, we we saw that with the Dublin footballers during their uh, during their six in a row run. And if you if you if you look at the traits there, how many close games they won. That was actually the main element to their to their performances was their ability in those clutch late moments. Now, obviously, it deserted them yesterday, but that's something that Limerick have really been able to build into their game too. That when you know when things have have got tight for them this year, they've been they've been able to ride the storm against Galway and and against Clare and indeed you know get that draw in Ennis um, too. So. Uh, you know, throughout this championship, they've been able to just measure the pace and what's needed at a particular time. And like that, I think there is a, I think there is a big performance coming from them. There were certainly times and times in the uh, in the semi final when you thought that, uh, that, you know, early on especially, you thought that they might just pull away. Um, I think it's coming from them. I think their ability, just their ability to manage a game, and we saw it in the closing moments against Galway. Um, as much as Galway pushed hard and really, really uh, threw everything at them, you never really suspected they were only going to be able to break down the likes of Declan Hannan and Sean Finn in those closing moments. So that's the mark of champions. That's something that's something they've built up over the last number of years and are really comfortable with. And it's a great weapon for for any team to have going into a final. Yeah, Michael, and like it's interesting when you look at the, the run Limerick have been on this season. Like not only are they going for three in a row, but if they were to win on Sunday, they'd have capped it off by beating every team in Munster and by beating the two best teams in Leinster. Uh, you wouldn't get an All Ireland Championship win more satisfying than that, taking out every single one basically of your rivals across the country. No, it's about it'd be about as good as it gets. And uh he'll never say it publicly, but but John Kiley and Limerick like they could not wait for the opportunity to atone for that 2019 defeat to Kilkenny. Potentially, um, you know, they could be going for 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Had it not been for that defeat, it could be going for a five in a row. Um, and they won't say it, but that's a box they really want to tick. And um, yeah, like, listen, it'd be, it'd be the perfect way to win, perfect way to win three in a row. And as Colm said there, I would be expecting a big performance. It was similar to obviously different types of games, but in the 2020 semi-final against Galway, you know, there was a lot of mistakes, a lot of guys under par, and then they delivered this, you know, wondrous final performance. The semi-final the last day, you know, Grode Hegarty was quiet by his standards. Tom Morrissey was very, very quiet by his standards. Willow Donahue was out of the game. Darrow Donovan was out of the game. These are the guys that are usually driving the Limerick ship, and you would be expecting... Uh, a big reaction from those players. Um, but they're coming up against the Kilkenny side who look like they've taken their form to a new level. Like that semi-final performance against Clare. Yes, Clare were off and hit 24 wides and it was a really poor performance from them. But Kilkenny looked like tactically um, they've taken their game to another level. Um, they look like they have, they're playing a system that they're really, really happy with. And they have all of their best players in really good form again. So set up to be an absolute belter of a final. Yeah, Frank, when you look at, you know, some of the matchups, like what's the kind of key tactical battleground for you when the two teams line up against each other? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, like if you look at how Claire approached the, the Kilkenny game, in, in certain ways, their tactics seemed kind of brainless. You know, they were lumping in speculative high ball on top of inside forwards who weren't equipped to win it. And, and they were just, absolutely destroyed in the air and between that and kind of long range pot shots now 
you're looking at Limerick, and, and in fairness to the Limerick full forward line, in Galan, Aaron Galan and Seamus Flanagan, they have two absolutely brilliant ball winners. And also, for, for the most part, they've been fed off, you know, really clever, ball, forward-friendly ball when Limerick are in their pomp. These lovely fizzed angle balls into either corner. You won't get two better finishers with shots over the shoulder than Galan and Flanagan when they're in the, in the mood. And we saw that for the first six or seven or eight minutes, whatever it was in the semi-final, where I think between the pair of them, the five points from play got in no time at all. So it'll be really fascinating to see, you know, how Kilkenny deal with that aerial threat because they have absolutely brilliant ball winners in Hugh Lawler and, and Paddy Deegan, uh, but also maybe how they try to disrupt the Limerick delivery from further out the field because Limerick didn't keep that that delivery going right through the semi-final. You know, they went through kind of fallow periods where they were knocked out of Kiltrip by Galway. So, I mean, I think that will, that will be actually a huge part of the game. Mm. Another interesting thing is, you know, the use of Mikey Butler column. You know, he was very effective on Tony Kelly in the semi-final. He's been very effective as a man marker throughout the championship. Would you expect him maybe to go on Aaron Galan? What, what way do you think Brian Cody might deploy him? Uh I don't think he'll go on Aaron Galan. Well, I, I suspect he won't. Uh, it suited it suited uh, Tony Kelly, obviously Mikey Butler. Um, but Aaron Galan presents a different kind of threat. And I suppose the key thing for Brian Cody and Kilkenny is probably who do they delegate Paddy Deegan for? Because Paddy Deegan is their most physical player. Um, and that begs the question as to whether he will be... Uh, Set 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 aside for marking duties on on Aaron Galan, or quite possibly out to centre back uh, to take on Kyle Hayes. That's a that's probably a more likely a, low, a more likely matchup with maybe Hugh Lawler picking up Aaron Galan. Um, but either way, I think whoever is facing Aaron Galan faces a, obviously a very significant threat, an almost indefensible threat in 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 one way because. Galan's ability to strike over the shoulder facing the other direction is quite phenomenal. And there isn't a defender in the game uh, that can thwart that once Galan gets out in front and out near the sideline, that trademark score of his, and he did it so often against Galway, and he's done it so often in this championship. It's 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 something he's getting better at. And it's actually something Seamus Flanagan is getting better at. He got too early on the last day against Galway. Now, albeit he didn't follow through with it, but obviously he scored his eight points against against Clare in the Munster final. And it it's a skill that is it, they really refined so well. And it, it makes them almost impossible to play against. So really denying them the ball in the first place is, is primary because it's almost impossible to defend against from that point on. I think probably Hugh Lawler uh, will match up with Aaron Galan. And that would leave Tommy Walsh with Seamus Flanagan and... Uh, Mikey Butler with whoever, whatever other corner forward is there, I would think are the most likely matchups with Paddy Deegan uh, to centre back for presuming Kyle Hayes plays there. I'd agree with Colm. Colm, I think it's funny actually because there's no obvious man for Mikey Butler to mark in my view actually because I think if he picks up Galan, Limerick go along to the edge of the square and ex expose uh, a height advantage and uh, an obvious aerial advantage because Galan is one of the best uh, players in the air in the country. So there's actually, if Keen Lynch started, potentially uh, Butler could go out on him uh, and maybe if Peter Casey started as well. But if they started Graham Mulcahy, I don't think that's 
really someone Kilkenny want Mikey Butler on because Graham McCarthy's not lighting it up on the scoreboard. He's more a worker bee and winning frees and that type of thing. So it's funny. I don't think there's an obvious man for him to pick up at the moment. Yeah, I'd imagine David Reedy could be very close to selection. Now, maybe they'll keep him because Limerick like to keep certain players uh, as as for, for impact. And it's clearly it's clearly defined. It's not as if David Reedy's three points the last day is going to elevate him onto the team. Because, you know, while he did start uh, at times in 2020, he's more considered now an impact player. And he gave them, obviously, brilliant impact the last day. If David Reedy was to be chosen, Mikey Butler would obviously pick him up. I think, I think none of the half-forward line would suit. I think Mikey Carey and uh, Tom Morrissey is an obvious matchup there. But I don't think Mikey Butler really suits because of that, because of that aerial advantage that all, most of the Limerick forwards have, all of the Limerick forwards really have. So it makes it, makes it very difficult for, for Kilkenny to, to match up in the way they have in the last two games. Yeah, Frank, there's some interesting team selection, you know, debates, I suppose, if you want to call them that. You know, Keen Lynch, someone who came on in the semi-final, he's their key guy. He's the player of the year. He's obviously had a hamstring injury throughout the summer. Didn't probably look near 100% even against Galway. Uh, like, is there any chance of him starting? Do you presume he'll be kept in reserve? Uh, where we, I was down at the Limerick press event uh, uh, last week in, in the Gaelic rounds, and uh, as it happened, Keen Lynch was among the two players speaking, and, and obviously he was asked about the state of his hamstring, and it was all very well, giving very little away. He was, uh, and, and John Kiley was asked about it, and he kind of left it hanging there as to, you know, he basically said... Um, he's missed 10 weeks other you know the team has moved on and you know there's three big at that stage he said there was three big training sessions remaining and that Keane would you know it was up to Keane to kind of prove you know whether he was up to up to speed yet uh, it's a hard one to call my, my, my gut instinct tells me he probably won't start I mean he did miss 10 weeks uh, you know there are hamstring injuries and hamstring injuries and his was on the, the more severe end of the scale and I think he might have been involved with one turnover or assist the last day, but you know it wasn't a hugely impactful fifteen minutes or so he was on the pitch. And my 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 good instinct is telling me that he won't start. At the same time, I'm looking at the Limerick forward line, and my feeling is that uh, Graham Mulcahy is going to do very well to, to to hold on to a starting place. It just hasn't been happening for him in really in this championship. So. Uh, that that's where it is, and and like Peter Casey, probably even more so. Like there were reports ahead of the semi final that he had been flying in training. There may have been a small injury setback, might have set him back a while. Didn't start, came on, had again fifteen odd fifteen odd minutes, and probably didn't do a huge amount either. So do you start a guy who did his cruciate last August uh, for his first big start in an All Ireland final? What is it? Uh, 11 months later uh, probably not but the only thing I'll say like John Kiley has better options now going into the final than he did a few weeks ago you know he is nearly more or less a full deck to pick from and that's a nice headache for a manager Frank I would suggest that Keen Lynch's presence at that media day um, <laughs> ensures that he's not starting yeah. uh, in the All-Ireland final <laughs> I would have been the exact same when I saw him. Yeah, that, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been so cynical now, but that is the obvious. That is the obvious layout of that. that oh, wait, in, look, we're, 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 that, so. we we should be blessed to have such small comforts as a player who actually talks to us. 
even if I've yet to go through the trans- transcription, but I don't think there was too many uh, trade secrets uh, unveiled by Mr. Lynch. <laughs> yeah, Colin, from a Kilkenny perspective, when it comes to selection, you know, some of the old guard who were still involved, Walter Walsh came on in the semi-final, and although, you know, the game was well in hand, he, he looked quite sharp. You, you know, you think there's a, a bigger role for him. You know, someone like Richie Hogan from the bench, you think he could have an impact at some stage in, in the final? Yeah, for Walt, Walter Walsh made a big impact. He set up Keane Kenny's goal and he set it up by catching a puck out and being able to having the physical power to be able to free himself to lay off to Keane Kenny uh, for that for that goal that really wrapped things up, even though the game was essentially gone at halftime. So I think I think it's quite probable that Walter Walsh will start. He's had many starts over the last decade, and there's many times when he has been left on the bench and there's never been that great certainty about him but I thought he looked particularly sharp the last day and obviously given his aerial advantage in there and either Dermot Burns or Dan Morrissey or Declan Hannon or somebody in there I think he'd be a big asset to them you mentioned Richie Hogan all the talk was no more than Keane Lynch and Peter Casey before the the uh, Limerick semi-final that Richie Hogan was going very 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 well in training and for the first time in a long time was was free of injury uh, and I I expected he would come on fourth or fifth sub, uh, but he didn't. Maybe that's Brian Cody's way, telling players once again there's there's nothing easier. There's no there's no privileges here for whatever length of time you you've been around. But I would see Richie Hogan as being an asset if he's in that kind of form. Uh, his level of skill and his hurling brain in the last ten minutes, if it's tight. Uh, would be very advantageous to Kilkenny. So to answer your question, I think Walter Walsh will start probably for Martin Keown, although Keown has a good goal scoring record, but he was taken off at halftime the last day. And I do think Richie Hogan this time will be the fourth or fifth sub in for Kilkenny. Same as uh, Colin will, I would have heard Richie was flying and by all accounts, I think Mikey Butler put the wraps on him in a training game recently enough and that kind of halted his gallop a small bit. But like bringing Richie Hogan on the last day, I'm not sure if you're, we're going to learn too much. If there's 10, 15 minutes in him, it'll be in the final and it'll be probably if Kilkenny are in a small bit of trouble or need someone to produce a little bit of magic. And listen, we only have to look back as recently as the 2020 Leinster final to see what he can do. Um, and as I said last week, what a, what a redemption it would be after being sent off in 2019 if he were to go out with some sort of a, a game-winning contribution. And there, listen, there could be, there's probably three to four Kilkenny guys that this could be their last All-Ireland final. And I would suggest if they were to win it, it would probably be their last game in black, black and Amber as well. So everything is on the line. And there's, ah, listen, there's so many fascinating plot lines. Richie Hogan definitely been one of them. Frank, do you think Kilkenny's two previous All-Ireland final appearances when they were badly beaten by Tipperary has any you know impact on you know their mindset, their preparation going into this game? That they've been two very tough days when they got maybe got into the final slightly against the head, and then ultimately were were badly beaten. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, see, they, they, they started both those finals reasonably well. I mean, the, in 2019, they were they were the dominant team for the first um, whatever it was 25 minutes, and and I think the tide had started to turn even before. Richie's red card, and they were just sort of blown away in the in the second half. Um, the, the funny thing about Kilkenny is that if you went back, uh, probably even after the Leinster final, but definitely before it, after watching them against Wexford, uh, 
I just couldn't see how Kilkenny were going to resurrect themselves and become, you know, potential All-Ireland champions this year. But I think the four weeks, and even you, you could maybe say the same after the Leinster final, even though they did a number on Galway in the second half and they were never going to lose that game the further it went on. But I think the four weeks that Brian Cody had on the training field away from the Republic glare before the semi-final clearly worked hugely to Kilkenny's advantage. They, uh, they came out a different team the last day. Uh, everything about them, their sharpness, how they worked the ball through the lines. It wasn't just, you know, we'll, we'll welly the ball up the field and we'll rely on TJ to catch the ball and own Cody and scores to come off. They, you know, they were really clever in everything they did. And you're watching them think like, you know, the Kilkenny definitely have not gone away at all. Um, their biggest problem here is that they're facing the Kilkenny of the of, of this decade. You know, the Limerick, the current Limerick team are as close as you'll get to the Kilkenny team of the of the late noughties. Um so I you know I don't I don't think they'll cower away from this challenge at all. It's not in Brian Cody's nature, it's not in Kilkenny, Kilkenny, Kilkenny's DNA. It's just whether over the full 70 minutes are quite good enough to, you know, to do a number on the champions. Yeah, Colm, and one area where Limerick do compare with the Kilkenny team of, of their heyday is they, they don't seem to really be kind of pressurised by, you know, you know, going back to back last year. They're going for a three in a row this year. It doesn't seem to be, you know, hovering over them. But is there any danger of maybe that creeping into view that, you know, the prospect of being the first Limerick team to do a three in a row becomes slightly burdensome or do you think that they're kind of professional enough at this stage that it doesn't really creep into their mind? Well, they've, they've conquered every other world. I mean, they matched the four in a row in Munster this year that the team of the 30s uh, pulled off. Uh, anything like they've set, they've set records in their own right. There's been, there's been no ceiling to what they've been able to do for themselves so far. I wouldn't see it personally as a barrier. Uh, I think it'd be something for them to embrace. Michael mentioned it at the outset. I don't think they will really feel a real, a a sense of completion until they beat Kilkenny and especially Kilkenny in Croke Park. Obviously, they beat them in Thurles in 2018, but to beat them in Croke Park and to beat them in an All-Ireland final, I think all of Limerick would recognise that that would be a crowning glory for this team amidst everything else that they have achieved over the last uh, five years. So, I think it's a very significant game for them, one that they will really embrace. And that's where I think that it will really fire them to a performance that probably goes past anything that they have produced so far this year. And they will need it based on what Kilkenny uh, have done to uh, Clare, obviously, in the last round. But also when you look at the Leinster final against against Galway, and that was perceived as a very, very poor match, uh, given that it came on the same weekend as Limerick and Clare. But you wonder, was the standard really, really as poor in that in that right when you see how well Galway uh, played against Limerick and what Kilkenny did to Clare? So, so maybe, maybe we took an imbalanced view of the respective provincial finals on that weekend, and that the form lines were a little bit closer uh, than 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 what we suspected. A bit of revisionism maybe there, but. Uh, I don't see it as an issue. I don't see uh, the three-in-a-row barrier uh, as an issue for Limerick at all. Uh, it's it's very rare historically that Kilkenny have lost three successive All-Ireland finals that they've played in. I think maybe once back in the in the 30s or 40s. Uh, but generally, when they lose two, even if there's a gap of a few years, they come and win a third. So that's something that's 
that's something that's uh, written almost in stone in Kilkenny that uh, no more than losing three successive uh, Leinster finals or three successive All-Ireland semi-finals, uh, they averted that by beating Clare the last day. Uh, they'd be very keen to avoid a third successive All-Ireland final defeat too. Um, Michael, you mentioned about, you know, potentially some Kilkenny players stepping away, you know, win or lose after this game. You know, is there any indication about Brian Cody? Like if they were to win, you know, would, would that be a time to, you know, kind of ride off into the sunset with, with a 12th All-Ireland as a manager? Or, you know, if they were to be beaten, you know, a bad defeat again in the third final, you know, in the last couple of years, would that maybe, you know, hasten the end? I know it's it's always difficult, you know, trying to decide when he might leave or not. But what's your sense about, you know, win or lose, what he might be thinking? Yeah, um, I think with Brian, you're trying to predict the, the unpredictable, really, because the guy thought potentially he might have went after 2015 when they were one and all Ireland in transition. Then I thought when Waterford beat them in 2017, which was probably a real low that he might have went there and they would have rebuilt it. And he hasn't. And he's he's uh, he's seen it all through and they're back exactly where they were. I think... I don't know. I, I, I kind of have it in my head that if he was to win a 12th and uh, TJ and Richie and Walter Walsh, Connor Fogarty, Killian Buckley, like I have it in my head that potentially there could be a, a mass exodus where they all to were they to win in all Ireland at this stage. But uh, I, you can't really predict with Brian, but it is just amazing how he continues to regenerate himself and regenerate the squad and even regenerate how they play. I was listening to David Herity talking recently about, you know, when he was in with Kilkenny and how Brian didn't really embrace performance analysis or video analysis. And by all accounts, he has embraced it all now and he has um, evolved. And you can see that by the way they're playing now. So he's continued to evolve. This would be, you know, this would be the sweetest victory yet because, like I definitely wasn't thinking that they could win all Ireland at the start of the year, being honest, and I wouldn't think I don't think few were. And they've put themselves into a position now where they're outsiders, but they're not massive outsiders, and they're coming into this in really good form. And I was chatting Tom Condon a few weeks ago that used to play with Limerick, and he said the one takeaway that that Limerick took from that 2019 semi-final was that they have different performance indexes that they go by hooks, blocks, tackles, um, all different stuff like that. And he said, Kilkenny blew their indexes out of the water that day. And he said, no one has done anything like that since not even Claire in that Munster final, uh, famous Munster final a couple of weeks ago. That's the physical level that Kilkenny are going to have to get to if they're going to beat Limerick on, on Sunday. That's the first thing that you have to do, and then you have to out-hurl them. Um, and that's going to be fascinating to see whether they can get to that level. But even the Kilkenny team that's, that Brian has now, it's uh, there's a lot more pace to it, there's a lot more power to it, there's a lot more mobility to it. So, yeah, listen, he's given himself a chance to ride out on a high. Um, I don't quite think it'll happen, if I'm being honest. I thought at the start of the year that Limerick could win the All-Ireland hanging on and I still get that feeling I think potentially they were at the top of the mountain last year they might just be gone over the other side but I still think they'll have enough to get the job done on Sunday what about you Frank you might get your prediction now as well what way do you think the game will go that's the kind of way I'm I'm leaning as well I mean as I as I referenced at the outset I mean Limerick last year I think that was peak Limerick and maybe you can make the point that were they fully, fully tested at any point, I just think they were so far ahead of everyone else that, you know, they blew them out of the water. 
there have been signs that they're coming back to the obvious signs of them coming back to the pack this year. And, and what you're seeing is you often see with champions like this, you see periods where they look absolutely unstoppable. I mean, that opening blitz against Galway, but they're not sustaining it for long enough. Uh, but I still think a bit like Kilkenny against Tip in 09, that Limerick will find a way. They will be tested probably as much and probably as much as they were by Galway in the semi-final and even more. They might even find themselves, you know, several points behind at some stage. And it's 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 how they respond to that will 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 actually make or break them. Um, I mean, Garod Hegarty and Tom Morrissey have been two of their star performers over the over the last two years, especially. And you know their performance levels they definitely dipped in the semi final, but maybe that's just the ideal way to have them coming into this final. You know, um, they're not reliant on one big forward to push them over the line, you know, it was Seamus Flanagan in the Munster final, it was Aaron Galan the last day. That's that's a great thing to have, that you have so many different weapons and, and maybe if you get two of them firing, it might just be enough. So I think Limerick, but not by much. Colm, I'll give you the last word then. Do you, do you see any kind of a hope of a Kilkenny upset or are you in agreement with the two lads? And even Brian Cody uh, accepts that if people don't think that uh, Kilkenny have a chance he he fully understands that on the base I, I don't think I've ever heard him say that at any stage before but he does acknowledge that they are they are outsiders here and considerable outsiders here too even after winning as they did in the semi-final but I think it would be it would be Brian Cody's biggest win to to pull this off uh even bigger than 2006 when they rumbled Cork a Cork side heading for a three in a row and I would think that would rank uh, that would rank as his probably as his number one success. Obviously, turning over Limerick in the All Ireland semi final three years ago that was a big success. But in terms of All Ireland's Cork two thousand and six is right up there. But to take out this Limerick team now that would surpass it. Having said that, uh, I do think there's a step up in Limerick now. Obviously, the difference for much of this championship uh, and last year has been Keane Lynch's absence. He's really the man that loses them all together. If you look at Peter Casey's performances last year too, especially in the All-Ireland Final until he did his cruciate, they are big losses for Limerick. But having said that, there's a lot of players to step up. There's obviously Kilkenny, if they can find that same level that they produced against Clare, well, that could even be good enough. But I do think Limerick are going to go beyond that. They're, uh, they're a driven, ambitious team that would see three in a row as being... Um, reflective of of their talents and abilities but more than that the respect that they would have for Kilkenny and the Kilkenny tradition is such that the sense of completion they will feel by beating Kilkenny in an All-Ireland final in Crow Park would be a crowning glory and I think they have enough improvement to make in certain individuals to achieve that well, It's going to be a cracking final Colin Frank Michael thanks so much for joining me That's all we have time for on our All-Ireland Hurling final preview We will be back on Monday with another podcast with Eddie Brennan and John Milan looking back at the Kilkenny versus Limerick battle. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening, and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.